It's uplifting and always encouraging. Shine 104.9. And I'm Lorinda. It's a ray of hope in your afternoon. And our guest today, comedian Jeff Foxworthy. I am so excited to be talking with Jeff Foxworthy. He'll be the keynote speaker this fall, October 2023, for the weekend of October 13, 14, and 15 for the Be Bold for Jesus conference. It's going to be just an awesome weekend. It's getting bigger and bolder every year. Danny Gokey is going to be there performing and many wonderful speakers, including our guest today, Jeff Foxworthy. Hey, Lorinda, Jeff Foxworthy. I am so excited. (laughs) You need to set the bar higher. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Jeff, for taking some time and talking with me today. I am really thrilled to be able to talk to you. A little starstruck, I think, as well. You know what? If you sat around with me for 30 minutes, you wouldn't be. Yeah, I promise you, you wouldn't be. So... (laughs) I have been extremely blessed to make a wonderful living doing something I would have done for free. So, uh, yeah, I'm just just a lucky guy. Isn't that great? Well, first off, let me tell our listeners that Jeff is one of the world's most respected comedians. He is the largest selling comedy recording artist. Wow, that's that's amazing. A multiple Grammy Award nominee, a best-selling author of more than 26 books, hosted or starred in five TV series, and was also a part of one of the most successful comedy tours of all time, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. And of course, you are loved and adored for all of your redneck jokes. (laughs) Like most things I talk about, you know, those came about because I've got this thick accent. You know, I would go to New York in the early days and and they would go, look, Jeff, nothing on, right? I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you got to take voice lessons and lose that stupid accent you got. <laughs> and I'm like, well, where where I come from, you have the stupid accent. So, uh, but, I, you know, I was always like a rural guy. I, I loved hunting and fishing and, you know, working on the farm. And, and so as I would travel the country, it was always good nature, but they would just kind of laugh at me and say, oh, Foxworthy, you're nothing but an old redneck from Georgia. And, and and as I traveled, I'm like, you know what? This isn't just a Georgia phenomenon. There's a lot of people like me everywhere. And, and, and so I wasn't laughing at somebody. I was laughing with some. I mean, you could go through the jokes and I could tell you, that's my brother. That's my mom. That's my uncle. You know, I mean, there wasn't a lot of research going on. (laughs) So, Jeff, tell us a little bit about, like, your wife and kids and how long you've been married and where you call home right now. Um, Home is in uh, Atlanta, one of the little suburbs off of Atlanta. And I grew up here. I was born here and grew up here. Okay. And uh, I, I actually, I worked for IBM for five years. And it sounds more intelligent and glamorous than it was i i carried a tool bag and i fixed machines and a bunch of guys i worked with entered me in a comedy contest not like an amateur night a contest for working comedians and my wife was acting and she had just done a thing with a guy that was a comedian so a bunch of them went down there to to root for him in the contest and so my first night on stage i won the contest came off stage and met my wife. So you think about, I, I met my career and my wife five minutes apart on the same night. Just wow. Crazy. Wow. 
crazy. Um, yeah, so we've been married for 37 years. We have uh, two grown daughters, Jordan and Jules. One of them's 31 and one of them's 28. And we have one grandchild who the heavens parted and God just lowered his hand with this baby in it. And mm. he's, he's my, I had no idea I had that much untapped love left inside mm. of me. So, so life is, oh, life is good. I love it. He's such a sweetheart. So our guest today is the keynote speaker for Be Bold for Jesus coming up October 2023. And our guest is Jeff Foxworthy, you know, the redneck guy. And he is our guest this afternoon. We're sharing a little bit about how he got his start a few minutes ago with a contest that some of his co-workers actually entered him in. And the night that he won that contest, he also met his wife. <laughs> and so now he's, you know, just had this wonderful career and enjoyed enjoying his faith and his family, of course, his comedy as well. And our guest today, Jeff Foxworthy. Learn more about Be Bold for Jesus when you go to events at shine1049.org. So you're just kind of living the life right now in abundance. You've got your wife and your kids and just uh, back home where you had grown up. And are you able to enjoy some of your hobbies? I know you're like an outdoors guy. And I heard that you also like hunting for arrowheads, which I find really fascinating. I, yeah, well, I have a farm about an hour south of Atlanta. I went I, and I, uh, I moved to L.A. in the right around 1990. And we were there for about seven and a half years because as a comedian, my goal was just to be on Johnny Carson. And and I was fortunate enough that I got to do that. And, um, but, yeah, so I split time kind of between where my kids live and and the farm. And it, it, it's kind of like I say when I when I go through the gate, I'm not Jeff Foxworthy. I'm just Jeff. I'm, I'm the cheapest labor on the farm. I work for free. <laughs> uh, I still bow hunt and fish. I go all over the country looking for arrowheads. I'm just kind of fascinated with with Native Americans. And, and so that's, you know, my wife's like, that's a good hobby. You can't get in trouble. There's no women around. That's a really good hobby. You just, you just go walk around and stare at the ground looking for an arrowhead. That's good. <laughs> you know, how many years did you say you'd been married? How many years has it been? 37. 37 years. And that is tremendous. You know, you're talking about how how you were competing against professional com comedians at that night, right? And you were just... Yeah, yeah. You were green. You were a greenie. And you won the competition. So, and you, so there, that kind of set your career, I guess. And then you met your wife. And she stuck with you all these years. It couldn't have been easy. Here you are right at the beginning of your comedy career. Did you decide that night, this is the job I want to do. And this is the woman that I want to be my wife. Oh, yeah. I, t I knew that night, a minute into doing stand-up, I'm like, this is what I was made to do. This is it. And and then when I met her, um, we went out on a date, and an hour into the date, I thought, oh, Dad, damn it, I'm going to marry this girl. Holy moly, I wasn't even looking to date someone seriously, and I'm going to marry this girl. <laughs> and uh, And... I mean, I just knew. Took her a little while longer, but I knew. So, <laughs> um, you know, so like that first year, I found. You know, remember those old 
little like pocket calendars you would do. And I would write down every, every date that I did. And my first year of comedy, I did 406 shows. And, and I know people are going, well, there's only 306, but, but that's like two on a Friday night or some Saturdays I would go to two or three different places. But I did 406 shows and I made $8,300. Oh. So she must have loved me. Uh, because, she, and, and bless her heart, she was, from the get-go, she was the one, she was the only one saying to quit IBM. She's like, you you have all this creativity inside you, and if you don't find a way to, to let it out, you're going to explode. And mm. and I'm like, yeah, but I got a good job. And, and she's like, so what? You can always go back and get your job again. And, 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 and during those early years, she quit acting and took a job. Yeah, just because she believed in me that much. So, yeah, there's no chance I, w- I would have ever been a success without her. Oh, that is such a beautiful story. Your wife, what a, what an amazing person, you know, behind you, kind of a driving force in your career. The, the most amazing woman I've ever known, and I'm still, I, I still date her. Oh, I still look, I tell, I told her, every time you walk in the room, my heart still jumps a little bit. <sighs> So that's not bad after almost four decades. Oh, that is so sweet. Is that like the sweetest story or what? Oh, it's so romantic. I love it. Our guest today, Jeff Foxworthy and more with Jeff coming up. And we are so excited about Be Bold for Jesus Conference this next October 2023 at the Spokane Convention Center at shine1049.org under events. Our guest today, Jeff Foxworthy. Well, I will never forget when you came on the scene with all your redneck jokes. And where did all the redneck jokes come from? Were you already telling them? You know, how did that theme come about? Well, you know, it's it's like I said, you know, my family was guilty of most of it. I was working one night in in a comedy club. This is probably 1985 or six. And I'm outside of Detroit. And we were sitting around after the show, and it was cold or snowy or something. And and I think I made the comment, man, I wish I was in a tree deer hunt right now. And they were kidding me, and they were like, Foxworthy, you're such a you're such a redneck. Well, the club we were playing in <laughs> was attached to a bowling alley that had ballet parking. The bowling alley had ballet parking. <laughs> and I said. If, if y'all don't think you have rednecks in Michigan, go look out the window. People are ballet parking at the bowling alley. <laughs> and I went back to the hotel that night, and, I, you know, I, I wasn't smart enough to think it was going to turn into books or calendars or anything. I was just trying to come up with stuff to make people laugh. And I wrote 10 ways how to tell you're a redneck. And, <laughs> and I went back and did them the next night. And not only were people laughing, they were like pointing at each other. <laughs> and, and, and it's so funny. And I, gosh, I hadn't done them on stage probably in 10 or 15 years, but it, what it was, they, I think of myself as a comedian. I'm more like a storyteller. Most of my stories are about, my wife and my kids and my family, mm-hmm. but they were one-liners. And so they were easy to remember. They were easy to retell. And, and it, so if, if I was doing radio, you know, you could, you could tell 10 of them in yeah. a minute and, and, 
and so it was a way for people to go, oh, that's that guy, that's that guy. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's and, and that's what you were looking for was there were so many people trying to be comedians. You needed something for people to remember who you were. Same thing with Larry the Cable Guy, you know, uh, the getter done. and all. I mean, that was the way people go, oh, that's that guy. And so, you know, I, I, I wasn't near smart enough to think about it being a hook or anything. I was just trying to make people laugh. <laughs> and, you know, we were all proud to be rednecks at that time. We were all telling redneck jokes. <laughs> I have had more people tell me through the years, they said, you took a word that people meant as an insult and kind of turned it into a badge of honor. Uh, Because for me, it was, you know, somebody once early on said, well, you're kind of talking about the lowest common denominator. And I said, no, I said, I've been to all 50 states. It's the most common denominator. You get 20 miles outside of any city, and that's kind of who these people are. You know, they, they get up and go to work, they get up and go to church, and... Yeah. They get them go to war when you ask them to. America's redneck right there, Jeff Foxworthy, and he is our guest this afternoon. And can you tell, I am so excited. I, I love Jeff Foxworthy. He is so funny, and his comedy is wholesome, and he is a person of faith as well. Faith and family, and he shares a lot of his comedy just about real-life stuff going on. And he's so down-to-earth, having such a fun conversation with him. Learned a little bit ago about how he got his start, how he met his wife. In fact, he got his start, met his wife on the exact same night, his wife to be. (laughs) And Jeff Foxworthy is going to be the keynote speaker this next October at the Be Bold for Jesus conference that's getting bolder and bigger than ever before. And it's going to be at the Spokane Convention Center the weekend of October 13, 14, and 15. Stop by shine1049.org under events. Anyway, let's get back to our interview. More with Jeff Foxworthy. You know, if you think about it, I'm sure you've had this question asked a hundred times, but being a comedian, it's got to be one of the most frightening jobs on the planet. I can't think of anything that would be more terrifying than getting on stage and telling a joke and the fear that it's going to bomb on stage. So do you have like a, a science to your good jokes or is it luck? So how do you well, know it's not going <laughs> to bomb? <laughs> It's it's funny. My wife has a a very unusual name. Her name is Greg, um, G R E G G. She's a girl, but uh, she. So I used to tell her, I would say, Greg, let me write you five minutes of stand up so you can see what it's like. And she would just laugh and say, No, if I'm in a bad play, there's somebody else to blame it on. The writer or the director or somebody. She said, When you're doing badly, it's just you. And it's funny, like after all these years, I really view it as, and I so I can take no ego in. I view it as a gift from God. I, I, it's like some people are really good at taking care of old people, and some people are, are really good at cooking, and some people are really good at yard work. It was just a gift I had from a very early age. I just learned my mind works in such a way I can make people laugh. And but but also there's you have to be a good steward of it. And so I'm like, okay, if this is my gift, not unlike a nurse or something, you have to work at it. So I'm I'm constantly 
I mean, right before I called you, I was I was writing down thoughts and, and, and all. So I'm, you know, I'm constantly writing. Um, and most of the people I know that are successful at it, they they work at it, even though it's their gift, you know, kind of like a musician. If the, the ones that that are successful, they work at it. And um, I've just, like I said, tried to be a good steward of that gift. It's a little chit-chat this afternoon with Jeff Foxworthy. I'm Lorenda and a ray of hope. It's Shine 104.9, and Jeff Foxworthy is a keynote speaker next fall in October at the Be Bold for Jesus conference. Details, shine1049.org, right there under the events tab. You know, I think why a lot of people can identify with you is because you're so down to earth and you share your comedy is like real life stuff that just you know people in real life can identify with and it's so hilarious and you just bring this comedy to real life things are you always you know if you're going through the day and something happens you're like oh man i gotta write this down this is a joke (laughs) it's it's funny you say that we were talking with friends last night and i had done a bit and this is the way i write kind of i just think hey, if I think something or my wife says something or my family does something, I'm going to trust other people are thinking and saying and doing the same thing. I just, that's kind of where I start, and mm-hmm. I trust that. So I had done a bit on TV. So here's the bit. I said, I said women always have more questions than men have answers to. <laughs> I said a great example. I said, um, I got a text the other night, and the text said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. I said, I walked through the house. I found my wife in the kitchen. I said, Hey, I said, uh, I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. She said, was he driving? I said, I I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. She said, were Carol and the kids in the car with him? I said, I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. She said, were the people in the other car hurt, too? I said, I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. She said, did they even have insurance? I said, I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. She said, what hospital did they take him to? I said, I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. She said, you don't know anything. What do you know? I said, I know you need to pray for Tom. I just got a text that said he was in a bad wreck. <laughs> that's all I've got. I'm not holding anything back. That's all I've got. And, and I have had I have had people stop me in the grocery store in the Home Depot going, Oh my word, when I heard that I just pointed at my wife and goes, This is what you do to me. You do this all the time. And so you're taking something that goes on in people's lives and they don't even think about it being funny and so to me that's part of the art of a comedian is you kind of show them their their selves you know and and when i'm on stage doing this the, the biggest compliment i can get is when i look down and i see people laughing and the wife is elbowing the husband in the ribs or he's turning around pointing Aww. to her because you know you've made them laugh at themselves <laughs> And does, is that what keeps you going, knowing, like, is that your passion, that you love what you do, and you know it's bringing a smile to somebody's day? Is that what drives you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, and and, and, and I've gotten to the point I say this when, when I walk out on stage, but, and I kind of remind myself right before I walk out, I'm like, all right, everybody I'm going to look at tonight 
is going through some kind of a struggle. It might be a physical struggle. It might be a financial struggle. It might be an emotional struggle. But everybody, you know, is going through a struggle. So my whole life, I've just been, you know, be kind to people. Have grace with people because you don't know their story. You don't know what they're going through. And I'm not naive enough to think that laughter makes somebody's struggle go away. But I do think laughter... Laughter and music both, they're kind of the release valves that keep the boiler from exploding. You know, and and I and I realized that pretty early in my career, like my wife and I were for twenty years chairman of the Duke Children's Hospital, all their fundraising things. And I would go visit kids in the hospital and they didn't know I was coming and I'd walk into the room and there would be one of my books or there would be one of my CDs or DVDs, and you realize, oh, wow, that what this gift that I have is giving somebody a reprieve from their struggle. And so it's not just flippant, and it's not just silly and stupid. There's, there's actual value in laughter. You know, and I, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the problems probably going on in, in society today is We've kind of lost the ability to laugh at ourselves. Uh, you know, and my theory is we're all idiots. We're all wrong about something. We're all wrong about a lot of something. And But but we've almost gotten to the point where we have to be right about everything. And it's like, you're not right about everything. So just chill out, laugh at yourself. And it makes life easier. It really does. I miss those days when we had the redneck jokes and we had the dumb blonde <laughs> jokes. I'm blondes, and I everybody used to tell me dumb blonde jokes. I wasn't offended. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I identified with some of it, too. <laughs> well, you know, it's just that ability, I think, to laugh at ourselves and, and just not take ourselves quite so seriously. And, um, and But it's you know, it's it's just such a it's a wonderful job. I, like at the end of the night when people come backstage and they go, I can't remember the last time I laughed that much. Thank you. And, you know, you're like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, it's good for you to laugh once in a while. Are you still doing stand up comedy on a regular basis? I am. I just finished. I had three shows last weekend. So I just finished through the holidays and I'll. I'll pick it back up in, in January. And and I'm not doing as many as I used to do. I still love the show part of it. It's the, the travel, you know, the getting on an airplane. I tell them now, I said, I'm doing the show for free. Y'all are paying me to get on an airplane and sleep in a hotel room. But But I still enjoy it. I still, you know, I have people that go, oh, why don't you retire? I'm like, why? I love. I have a great job. I love what I do. So yeah, I you know I'm uh, I'm still doing it. So that leads me. I know you're going to be in in uh, Spokane in October. I'll ask you about that in just a second. But real quick, I just wanted to ask you about your faith. Your person of faith, and have you always been a Christian? And can you share a little of your testimony with us? Yeah, I mean, I I became a believer at seven years old. And I remember I was I was trying to walk down the aisle and my mom was holding on to my collar going, you're too little, you're too little. And and so they, they actually had the pastor come to the house that afternoon and sit down and talk with me. And 
you know, he came out and told him he knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, he's, he's not too little. And, and then I'm like, all right, we're going to Sunday night church because I'm not going to chance that the world comes to an end between now and next weekend. And I didn't get in because you were holding my collar. I'm going down. It's always been a, a part of who I am. I was in a, in a small group, like a Bible study with guys. We'd meet in, we'd have breakfast in a barbecue restaurant for like 18 or 19 years. And then up until COVID hit, I was doing a weekly, I was going down to the homeless mission in downtown Atlanta and doing a Bible study with homeless guys. I did that for like 12 or 13 years. And they kind of haven't picked it back up since COVID has receded, but we're trying to get that going again. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's always, it's always been a part of who I am. And, and, and I would have people along the way that said, well, you should just be a Christian comedian. And I'm like, no, because then the only people I talk to are Christians. I I would rather be a comedian that's a Christian where, like, because I love outdoor stuff, I go speak at wild game dinners and things, and I can I can get people that would never go to church that will come hear comedy for 30 minutes, and then I can kind of roll it over and into a story about, you know, the love of God. And to me, that's, that's what the Bible is. It's Somebody said to me one time, they said, well, it's just a book full of rules. And I said, oh, no, no, it's a love story. It's like the greatest love story ever written. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you know, I think about God. He gave people like you comedy. He gave all of us the ability to laugh and joke around. You know it's going to be a lot of laughter in heaven. (laughs) Oh, I I totally believe that. Because if if you think about it, if he says we were created in his image, I know as a father— when my kids are hanging around and they're just laughing and happy, nothing thrills my heart more than that. I love to see my children laughing and happy. And so if we're made in his image, why wouldn't he look at us the same way? I know. So we know God has the best sense of humor Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's probably as Christians, that's one of the ways we mess up sometimes is we think, oh, we're not allowed to laugh. We're not allowed to have fun. Oh, right. And I... And I'm like, oh, yeah, we are. We definitely are. Our guest today is Jeff Foxworthy. Real quick, your Netflix show. What else are you up to these days? And tell us a little bit about your Netflix show. Well, it's, it was called The Good Old Days mm-hmm. uh, because my father-in-law, who walks around with his pants up to his nipples, uh, <laughs> I've, I've never seen a human being wear pants that high. Uh, he got his chest hair caught in his zipper. How is that possible? And, uh, but he always talks about how much better things were during the good old days. And so when COVID hit, and and I knew, I'm like, oh, we're not going to be able to go on stage for a long time. It gave me a, a ton of time to write. And so I just kind of explored the way things were when I was a kid, which is kind of what all of our good old days are, to the way they are now. And, you know, like everything, there's some things that were better then, and there's some things that are better now. And and so that's kind of just the way I write. And then it's got a long story on there about because I have all girls, and for 20 years I lived next to my brother who had all girls. And so I talked about the difference between the way I pack for vacation and the way my wife packs for vacation. Um, and that. That has been very popular. 
Um, and now it's it's funny with comedy. It's, and I tell my music friends this. I say, if you write four hits, you get to play to your 90 because people want to hear those four songs. They will listen to the other stuff, but they really want to hear those four songs. And comedy is almost the opposite. Once you do a special, people are like, all right, I've already heard that. What have you got this new? So, you know, you, you don't really do your greatest hits. You're You're always kind of creating new material and so because i did the special this year i've just been working on new stuff and a lot of nights i don't want to do it in a theater like where people have paid money a lot of money to come hear a show i want to give them the best and so i just kind of go around to local clubs like on a tuesday night when there's 30 people in there and i'll i'll work on the new stuff you know and until i get it to the point that and I'm like, okay, this is funny. I can I can now take this to the theaters or whatever. So, and and I, I I've been drawing a lot lately. I paint and I draw. And so, you know, my wife says if you don't find something creative to do, you know, you you get way too fidgety. So, I'm finding things to do. Like I said, that's the gift I was given. And what a gift it is, and we get the privilege to see him perform live this October 2023 at the Spokane Convention Center with Be Bold for Jesus Convention. Find out more when you go to shine1049.org. What fun! Our guest today has been Jeff Foxworthy, comedian Jeff Foxworthy on Shine 104.9. What a blessing you have been for myself and, and just millions of other people around the world. You're the keynote speaker this next fall in October at the Spokane Convention Center. You're going to be at the Be Bold for Jesus event, and we have just a great lineup this year. And uh, that's a three-day weekend. Of course, you're not going to be on stage all three days, but we... <laughs> <I hope not. laughs> there Even are. I would run out of something to say. Right, like. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, we are so excited. Have you ever been to Spokane or the Pacific? Oh, you know, this neck of the woods. Many- Many times, I I, I love the uh, Pacific Northwest. Being a being an outdoor guy, you know, it's it's just beautiful up there. Yeah, many times, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to this because it's it's something that's different, you know, for me. And and I I love doing comedy, but I also love speaking about my faith. And uh, so, so this is an opportunity to do that and just encourage people. You know, to be bold, you don't have to be quiet about it. You you should be singing it to the rooftops. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. Be blessed. Hey, everybody. This is Jeff Foxworthy. And join me next October at the Be Bold for Jesus conference. You can get all the details for tickets at shine1049.org. See you there. Shine 1049.